This is On The Grid, powered by theracetalk.com on mypodcasthouse.com. G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com and through the radio show Limited's Radio Le Mans on RS1. Thanks for joining us again. You would think that there wasn't much to talk about in the world of motorsport since we're not running. Well, you couldn't be further from the truth. Today we catch up with supercar champion and IndyCar hopeful Scott McLaughlin from DJR Team Penske to talk about his first IndyCar sim race where he finished fourth. Richard Kral, Dale Rogers also to join me to chat about what's been happening in the week. But first, let's catch up with the news and hear from the people making it. While supercar teams initially had concern for their workshop staff and their continued employment through this COVID-19 period, it seems the creative juices have been flowing and our medical facilities could be the big winner. Erebus Motorsport is joining the global fight against COVID-19 by using the resources of its supercars team workshop to develop and produce potentially life-saving medical supplies. Erebus CEO of Motorsport, Barry Ryan, says he hopes all supercar teams can join in the cause. Clearly, it only started sort of Wednesday lunch, so we've been flat out trying to just get exactly what we're going to do first. So now, today, we've sort of rushed this through because we really want to get it out there so we can get the maximum support. So, like I said, I've just sent an email to all the the team owners, and obviously, they've they've all started replying with, yeah, we can do this, we can help with this, and... There's emails coming through as I'm sitting here. So I'm sure our community of you know supercar teams and their network of um, their sponsorship groups and all their partners will be able to help with anything we want pretty much. So, um, yeah, the next couple of days are going to be pretty exciting to be able to get this off the ground and make sure that we can deliver all these things if they're needed. Supercar's medical delegate, Dr. Carl Lee, says the project will release pressure on the medical world. There's, there's, there's two types of pressure. There's the, I think the mental health pressure is huge, uh, the anxiety of you know, uh, seeing what's happened overseas and, and such. Uh, I would say that the pressure, as I said before, it's really the calm before the storm. Whilst we do have positive cases in emergency departments, in intensive care units, it's, it's nowhere like what we're seeing overseas at the moment. Um, so the, there's more an anxiety at the moment about what, what's going to hit us. Um, so... I guess a lot of what we're doing is to help prepare for that, um, to help provide what we can provide. Triple Eight Racing have announced that they will be making low-cost ventilators, while Team Cool Drive have announced they will help Erebus with the distribution of their product around Australia. Meanwhile, five-time supercar champion and six-time Bathurst winner Mark Scaife is concerned about the financial impact the delay of the season may have on teams. Scaife telling Fox Sports teams are doing all they can to adjust. All the teams at the moment have basically put staff on mandatory leave. Some teams that are more affluent than others have been able to keep on paying people. Um, our thing, our sport's almost non-seasonal. So even giving people their entitlements in terms of holidays and annual leave, for instance, is hard for us anyway. So this little period now, we normally have a thing called sort of a, sort of a summer break or some style of break in the middle of the year. And as a consequence, I'm sure a lot of teams are using that up to, to be able to make those entitlements work. Your, your point about the economy of it, it's very hard. I mean, Formula One's the same. I mean, people are basically saying in Formula One that they're not going to get going until Canada later in the year. So that's, a, that's extraordinary to miss, to miss Monaco, for instance, in Formula One. And so much of what's going on in the industry is just, it's just you know, it's unheard of. We're in very much uncertain times and we've got to try to get through the end of it uh, altogether. Scaife, though, still not sure how the 2020 season may look. Oh, look, I think Bathurst is up there in that sort of special zone, just that it's, it's our number one event, isn't it? Um, I'd like to see us kick off before that. I mean, there's a lot of rumour uh, around all sport as to how that time works and whether we can actually get back to having more than uh, 500 people based on the mass gathering guidelines. So I don't really know what's going to happen in terms of our first event. I'm thinking that late July, early August is sort of the earliest part. And if we could do that, we could probably put some local uh, meetings together and run them back-to-back as two-day race meetings. And I think that would be the smart way to get going. Remembering what Sean said also is that because supercars promote the 12-hour in early February, we could run right through Christmas and actually finish our year off at Bathurst for another special event. So I think there's a lot to be said for this. There's a lot that will, as the boys have been talking about this morning and so many things around rugby league and AFL, 
there's a lot to be said for what the sport looks like off the back of it. Some of the things that you've been liking or wanting to trial, you can probably do. Absolutely. And as a consequence of that, let's see what happens. On to racing now, and E-Series racing continues throughout the world. IndyCar driver Sage Kerum got the virtual IndyCar iRacing Challenge rolling on the weekend with a win from pole in the American Red Cross Grand Prix at Watkins Glen International. Kerem led 43 of the 45 laps to beat Chip Ganassi Racing's Felix Rosenquist in the debut event of the six-race IndyCar iRacing Challenge. Team Penske's Will Power finished third. His teammate, our very own Scott McLaughlin, finished fourth. Kerem told IndyCar.com after the race he had been amazed with the amount of work the drivers have put into the series. I think it was great. I think, um, you know, the guys committed pretty well to this this week. Um, I mean, we had practice rooms up every every day all week so um you know the, i'm surprised the guys put in the, the amount of time they did and um it was a lot of fun and it's just great that we can be able to you know give the fans something to watch and um you know i, I it's the only sport that can we can really do it right now and you know i'm happy that i got the win for wicks and uh dry and Reinbold racing um the car you know looks pretty good up front so hopefully when we get back to real racing we can uh, replicate that mclaughlin himself wrapped to finish fourth roger did um did ring me so uh it was pretty funny. yeah after the race he rang me he said oh that was great it looked awesome blah, blah, blah. he was following it oh, and really? tc text me and everyone everyone was watching it It was pretty cool so uh, <laughs> yeah it was um yeah you know everything that man does he's very competitive and i guess that's why he's so successful more from scotty mack a little later in the show this week we have now been treated to an inside look into the erebus supercar team with the new production titled inside line a season with erebus motorsport Erebus driver Dave Reynolds says he's not sure how the public's going to take us. I'm a little bit nervous, I suppose, to, to find out how it's going to be received because, you know, um, I think it's an honest betrayal of our team. And, you know, you, you go through a massive roller coaster with us, I think, for the whole year. And last year wasn't a particularly good year for, you know, the category, I think. So, well, our team in general, or well, probably on the category as well. But, um, yeah, you, it's, it's all documented. It's all it's all on there for show so yeah, i'm a little bit nervous but will day be watching it himself no i have not <laughs> even though like my like everyone says you have to watch it I, I just i can't bring myself to watch myself on tv doesn't matter what it is or yeah, i just don't like watching myself that wraps up our new segment for this week let's get into the chat <laughs> Time to kick off our show. Richard Crowell from the Race Talk joins me. G'day, Crowley. Hey, Shabexter. Are you self-isolating? Yes, we are with the family. It's been quite good, actually. We've uh, played a couple of games of Monopoly and uh, just got in and done a bit of work and done some changes around the house, a bit of painting and cleaning. So, yeah, there's been a fair bit going on. Nice. I, I reorganised my entire office. So uh, and, and I'm literally a week into this, so... Uh, I reckon by the end of this, my house is going to look completely different. These are the things you do when uh, you're forced to stay at home when usually you'd be gallivanting around the country going car racing. But uh, adapt, improvise and overcome, that's what we're doing. Uh, and one thing is a constant that this podcast will continue on throughout it, no matter what. Even if we run out of things to talk about, Tony, we will continue to make a podcast every week, even if it's just us rambling incoherently yep. for 60 minutes. And Which, we, let's be honest, is pretty much what it is anyway. And the, just give us a couple of beers and we can do that quite easily. Uh, i tell you what, though, it's not going to be hard when we get the opportunity to speak to people like this on the line. Of course, he is the current V8 Supercar Champion. Of course, he is the current Supercar Champion here in Australia. His name is Scott McLaughlin, and he joins us on the line now. G'day, Scotty. How are you? Hey, guys. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you, mate. How would you find your uh, IndyCar debut? <laughs> yeah, it was definitely probably wanted to do it in real life but this is a different circumstance so that, that was certainly um very cool and um you know i uh i definitely was a bit more serious than i thought and even this week all the boys have been testing a lot um you know a lot more and, and getting ready for our next round this weekend uh at barber motorsport park so yeah it's been pretty serious did you get a phone call from roger penske scotty about the performance did you tweak some stuff have you had a, a team debriefing with the captain yeah, I can't I can't tweak too much because I because uh, it's a fixed setup. So you run all everyone runs the same setup. But uh, Rich uh, Roger did um, did ring me. So uh, it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, after the race he rang me. He said, "Oh, that was great. It looked awesome." Blah, blah, blah. He was 
following it, oh, and really? TC texted me, and everyone, everyone was watching it. It was pretty cool. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, um, yeah, you know, everything that man does, he's very competitive, and I guess that's why he's so successful. It definitely looked awesome. There's no doubt about that, and the realism of it is just amazing. Yeah, look, iRacing do a fantastic job. I've been on that platform for about uh, ten years now, I reckon, um, and they're fin- you know finally getting the recognition probably that they deserve um and and look this is just supercars but indycar nascar you know f1 you know we're really extending ourselves and proving how good a product um in a tough time how good a product motorsport is and how fun it can be the fact that the indycars in iRacing must have been a, a hand when you were preparing to go over and drive the real thing in the states earlier this year yeah look i um probably more so to learn tracks uh you know i for the Sebring um, test, I jumped on the iRacing a bit too, but I also had the simulator at Charlotte that I was able to run around in too, which is obviously that's millions and millions of dollars. But my home simulator is still bloody good, and um, you know SimWorks look after me and the team, and, um, and like the team at Gold Coast and the Shelby Power Racing. You know, it's it's an awesome thing, and um, to have something like that at home and be able to, you know, not only for IndyCar but for supercars as well, it's it's a really handy tool. Scotty, I took my I took my interest into iRacing today just to have a look around and see what it was all about. And there's a video about how they make the tracks. I'm not sure whether you've seen it or not. I don't know whether our listeners have seen it, but the detail that they go to to make sure that they get everything right. I think to do the Bathurst track, as the video that I saw, took them just over two years to make sure they had the graphics of the track right. These guys are just amazing in what they do. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I- I guess it's just a lot more high tech when you know how those guys on the road are surveying the road and all the bumps and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Like that that's what they do, but they obviously have to do it over say Bathurst six kilometer track. So it takes its time. They've done the Nordschleife as well, which is unbelievable. I hear it's exactly the same um, to to the point where it's got some some of the same road markings that people paint on the road, you know, for the race, which is crazy. Um, so it's it's seriously a cool platform and. It takes a lot of money, and 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 they've got such a good backing now that they're able to do more and more and cool cars, cool tracks, um, and yeah, I use it as a tool, but it's also a fun a fun thing that keeps me sharp. You know, I'm, every time I drive something, I'm you know trying to get the most out of it. I'm racing against the best drivers in the world. It's you know certainly a very cool thing. Uh, so iRacing racing and and being on the simulator aside, you're in the same boat as everyone else in just sitting back and twiddling your thumbs waiting to see when we actually fire up and go car racing again what are you what are you doing to pass the time mate what are you keeping yourself occupied with outside of on being on the sim uh watching a lot of ozark and netflix and um <laughs> bits and pieces like that um currently in episode seven of season season three of ozark um apart is it from any that, good, mate? I, I haven't watched it yet is it any good nah it's, it's pretty good it's, it's a bit slow to start with but it's starting <laughs> to heat up now um, but uh, yeah, look, it, obviously training. I'm actually trying to lose lose weight um, even more. So I, my my goal is to be 79 kilos before before we start up again. So I'm trying um, to look after my uh, food and and work hard, and I'm enjoying that. And it's good to have that at home. From a team point of view, Scotty, what's the stipulations there? Do you guys need to check in at any point throughout the week? Do you have specific meetings on? Uh, Zoom or whatever it might be or are you just pretty much left to yourself at the moment? Uh, at the moment I haven't seen anyone since uh, the AGP. We've we've been um, sort of put into lockdown in some ways. Um, we do a team meeting, team phone call every week um, where everyone jumps on um, from the whole workshop which is you know sort of headed by Ryan and, and, um, and Ben Croak and stuff like that which is great and keeps everyone um, you know spirits up and, 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 and know where they are at. Um, the, the team have been phenomenal with that and letting everyone know, and, and, and that includes the people from America as well. Um, you know, it's it's a tough time, not only for our sport, but, you know, everyone in life, as we all know. And, um, you know, it, it's I think they're handling it really well. And, and um, at this point in time, we'll just bite our, uh, we'll just bite our time and, and hopefully come back stronger in the year. But I'll tell you what, I'm trying to enjoy it as much as I can this break because... The end of the year now is just going to be crazy. Uh, right, Supercars E Series is rapidly approaching. It's a week away. It's got all the hallmarks of being pretty special. I would have thought. Um, 
the first round sees us racing at Phillip Island and Monza, which I thought was an interesting choice. So on that basis, if there's one track in the world, whether you've been there or not, that you could take the number 17 Shell V-Power Racing Ford Mustang, where is it? What would it be and why? Uh, Nordschleifer. <laughs> Purely <laughs> because it's the coolest track in the world and I haven't been there. Um, that's my bucket list to drive there one day in any car. And if I strap my wife next to me in the passenger seat in a little rental car, I don't care. I hope she comes with me and we have a bit of fun because that's, uh, that, that, that's my bucket list for sure. What attracts you about that track, Scott? Just it's the green hell. It's everything. Yeah. It's, um, you know, you see the, the famous pictures back in the day in Formula One and then um, how hard it is to actually remember the lap um on our racing let alone when they race a 24 hour race there uh it's pretty phenomenal um but i guess if you're looking at another track that's probably a bit more legit um uh, spa would be pretty cool um mm. spa that's uh, i'm actually in a, in a race series at the moment racing around on that in the in the imsa category on oh, our nice. racing um so but uh, yeah, there's um, yeah plenty plenty of tracks on there. They, they've actually got the Long Beach Street Circuit. That's um, but they, it's a temporary track, so it hasn't got all the graphics and stuff. But it's one track they haven't quite finished. But that's so cool to drive, and I reckon the supercar around there would be a lot of fun. I reckon we could all deal with a trip to sunny California to follow supercars around. That would be pretty good, and you could just do a casual double header with the IndyCar race as well. Um, <laughs> that so, good. Yeah, yeah, why not? Uh, serious, seriously though, E Series is going to be good. It's the most level playing field supercar race we've had probably ever. So ever. I mean, this could go any way. Well, the parody should be pretty good, but I see Reynolds is already <laughs> complaining. So who knows? But um, oh, no, uh, I think um, uh, you know they've done a great job, fixed set up. Brody Kostecki's actually done a lot of it. Um, he's an absolute wizard on there. Um, he's uh, easy one of the best on 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 the on the game itself and competes against a lot of the top sim races because um, most of the sim races absolutely smash us um, mm. so you've got probably myself Shane and Anton that are like okay at it because we've done it for so long but then you've got three or four tenths down the road as Brody and a few of the other guys um, so it's pretty phenomenal but yeah absolutely it's uh, it's going to be a level playing field um, hopefully you know everyone takes it seriously um i think we need to i think it's important that we uh, provide a good show you just gotta look at indycar on the weekend that was taken yeah. very seriously and 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 people were raving about it all over america and, and i had the amount of tweets and people follow me on twitter after it and you know it was crazy so it's not going to be good for ourselves but our teams it's the prof- profile of our sport i just i just really hope the boys and like they take it seriously because it, it's um it's something that we can really build on as a category scott has there been any instruction from supercars in regards to how you guys should utilize the platform when you're racing in regards to taking it seriously uh no look plenty of practice obviously it's it's, it's going to take time for everyone to get used to and it won't with well, the first race um there's teething issues because we haven't done this before but um you know the right thing and, and investing and, and, and um, speaking to the right people in, in all uh, in simulation you know in the simulation category um, but no it's just mainly just we've got to go practice so every day they've got a practice session up for us either one one day it's Philip Island the other day is Monza and we'll just keep doing that till we race again and that's going to continue throughout the whole um, e-series so we, people get plenty of time to practice we've got the time to practice um, and yeah so uh, there's no really excuses in that regard so it's um yeah it, it, it's certainly gonna be interesting uh you know who's done the right who's done the amount of stuff and you know who's taken it on board i, I had to laugh because when it was confirmed that all the full-time drivers would be running the first story out was was jamie talking down his chances are oh, you know my teammate shane's a gun at these things and oh, i'm just gonna just gonna see how we go so it's it doesn't matter if it's real or simulated you blokes are so fiercely competitive it's brilliant but it, and it's not really a question, Scotty, more an observation. That, that I watched the NASCAR race a couple of weeks ago um, that was, like you said, in reaction to your IndyCar race. The, the response was amazing, but what we picked up on was that the feedback came from a lot of people that didn't actually watch the sport in real life. So it's actually an opportunity, isn't it, to maybe introduce some 
esports fans, some gaming fans to our game so that when we go back racing for real, these people may actually go, well, I might watch that on Fox Sports or I might come to the racetrack and you know, meet you guys and see the teams in person. So it's a, it's got to be a good opportunity for us, surely. Oh, 100%. It's, it's a massive opportunity for us when this, a massive sport like AFL, NRL, all that sort of stuff is down for the count mm. at the moment. And we've got an opportunity to race at prime time, race... Um, middle of the week to, and 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 show our show and I guarantee you that anyone that watches it will be like and they think it's cool it, that's great because I tell you our real life racing is probably four or five times better you know and the sound and all that sort of stuff so it's um, if we can you know provide some good racing and I think they're talking up reverse grids and bits and pieces that's going to really you know make a lot of passing and stuff. Um, you know, I think that that's the idea, and certainly, you know, we're 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 taking it seriously. I've been, you know, like I said, been on those practice sessions, you know, the last few days, and um, yeah, everyone gets pretty serious about it. People are blowing up about people taking ties, and oh, it, it's funny. It, it, it was there's a lot going on. Cameron, sorry, that's my dog. Um, Cameron Waters is, is um, you know, he, he keeps taking ties and stuff like that, and and um, all the boys getting upset, and oh, it's funny as it gets really competitive. And they're the things that we're looking forward to, to see whether that rivalry between Cam Waters and Chaz Mostert still exists on sim racing as it does in real life. Yeah, well, exactly. So it's 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 funny. They're um they're absolutely him and Chaz are completely uh you know already starting to um, hit each other already. It's quite funny. I, I mean, I'm I'm I love I love hitting people off in the sim. I actually got Jamie a beauty at Phillip Island, Siberia. So I'm I'm actually um, I'm enjoying all that sort of stuff. But when the real thing happens, it's got to happen. Hey Scotty, uh, it's good. It's cheaper to fix too, I reckon. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Hey, Scotty, we've got to ask you about uh, the stuff that's going on in uh, in the garages around the supercar companies at the moment. There's some really great stuff coming out in regards to this COVID-19, uh, ventilators and masks and stuff from Erebus and Triple Eight and, and the like. And it's really great to see your fellow competitors and their teams putting their brains together and getting some stuff done for the community. Yeah, I think, you know, People, uh, we've got to use our resources when we can. I think it just shows the, you know, the sport of motorsport is like that, though, isn't it? Like, if anyone has a crash, be it, you know, at Bathurst or whatever, and people need parts, you could be absolutely arch rivals and whatever. And it's sort of going against the grain if you don't help them out, you know, um, no matter if it's, you know, Shell and Red Bull or, or, you know, a couple other teams down the road, you always end up helping each other. And, it just shows that you know we're trying to help. I guess the the, the sport is trying to help the community and um, prove that we're all in this together. Very similar to when we have a bad run and you know in, in a real racing situation. So yeah, it's cool. It's great to see and and um, you know we should really should be using those resources because you know, a lot of the teams are really well equipped to look after a lot of things. Uh, well said, mate. Uh, the betting agencies are currently taking money on weather changes and what the peak temperature will be at one o'clock in the afternoon. So I'm just looking forward to them actually coming up with some odds for some sim racing and trying to predict that. It's going to be good. it's going to be good fun. Yeah. Well done, mate. Uh, thanks for thanks for jumping on and, and talking to us. Really appreciate it. And very best of luck uh, in what is going to be a pretty interesting Supercars E Series. I would have thought. Yep. No. Thanks very much for having me. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good time, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to you know showing how good our product is. Oh, and a final one for you, mate. Are you gonna watch the uh, Erebus documentary stuff? <laughs> I will. A little birdie tells me I'm I'm a part of that somewhere along the line. <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll I'll be tuning in. I think it's um, I'm actually really excited for it. I think it'd be be good for our sport. Be interesting. Hopefully they throw out a few secrets and um, should be good. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. Good on you, Scotty. Thanks, mate. Look forward to seeing how All you right. go next week. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Scott McLaughlin joining us here on The Grid. This is On The Grid on mypodcasthouse.com. All right. Joining us on the line now, Richard, is also Dale Rogers from the racetalk.com. Hello, Dale. Tony and Rich, how are you both? In hibernation or whatever we're called the women to be in? I don't know if it's hibernation. It's just uh, seclusion, I think, is more the word. I've got a lot of cleaning done. I've cleaned my office. I've cleaned the bedroom. Uh, I'm working my way out to the to the living areas, which have been neglected for, I don't know, 10 years of constant being away going car racing. So um, not completely uh, unproductive. 
Yes, if there was a There's virus. There's going to be some fantastically clean houses around Australia. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if there was a virus in this house, it has been uh, swept and mopped away. There's no doubt about the, that. The other thing, Tony and Rich, of course, is that uh, garages are coming to life. People are finding brilliant old photos and posters, and they're going up on the walls. All the things they wanted to do in their garages surrounding either their precious car or their racing car, the, and the garages well, are going to look awesome as well. Actually, I do have a, a small complaint about that Dale in that uh, there's a certain irony to this situation in that uh, for the first time ever, I've actually got time to go and play with the project car. Um, but because I've got no work, there's no money to play with the project car. And as you would know, gents that there's often money and time go hand in hand yeah. when it comes to project cars. So this is extremely frustrating because uh, I, I have the time and ability to do things, but not the financial constraints to do it. So this is actually rubbish, and I'm very ready to go back to car racing already. Now I've got that out of my system, we can continue on with this uh, unscheduled off-season. Well, I, I think we'd all concur with that. I did exactly the same on the weekend. I thought, I need to do that, that, and that to my uh, car that sits in the garage. And uh, I thought, yep, that's probably what I'm going to do later in the year. Let's, yeah. let's talk about that, gentlemen. We're no closer to knowing exactly when we will go back to car racing, either overseas or here in Australia. But one thing we do know is that it'll happen at some point, and what the season might look like is quite interesting. And I was uh, interested to hear Mark Scaife talking on Fox, and he was in our news segment earlier on, about the fact that he believes that we're probably looking at around about a mid-August type uh, start. But possibly it could even be a start at Bathurst and then racing nearly every weekend, every second weekend, with a final of supercars possibly being on the same weekend as the 12-hour at Bathurst. Can that work, Richard Crowell? Uh, can it? Sure. Why not? Um, there's a bit to unpick out of that, and I certainly like Scapey's thinking. I, I tend to agree with that on no expert analysis other than the way this is progressing and where the experts are saying that this curve that we're all trying to flatten by staying inside, staying at home, where it'll flatten, where it'll start to be contained. August seems like a pretty logical date, um, pretty logical time, and there'll be plenty of opportunity to jam some race meetings in there. Um, certainly there's going to be some consolidation. We'll see two-day race meetings. We might see single-day race meetings. We're going to see some back-to-backs. Um, at the moment, supercars have said the only dates that are really sacred are Bathurst, Gold Coast and Newcastle. Outside of that, they can work around it. Um, the longer this lasts, the, the more likelihood we are to be racing over summer, which poses its own challenges, but also opens up some opportunity in that you can do more twilight and night racing, which of course is great for television um, and that supercars have been working hard on anyway. So there's possibility there. As for finishing at the 12 hour, um, the 12 hours date hasn't been released yet, but you can imagine that it's going to be somewhere around the same point as it has been for its most of its history, which is that first weekend in February, which next year is the 6th and 7th. Um, bearing in mind that the Adelaide 500 is probably going to be late in uh, February, early March. So yeah, you could finish a 2020-21 supercar season at the 12 hour. You could run a couple of shortish races or a 500k race or something similar on the Saturday of that weekend with enough time to get the 12 hour practice in to get the shootout in and everything that goes with it it's certainly doable um, how it would work logistically would be a massive challenge because a 40 car 12 hour field takes up the entire pit lane so do you do pit stops for supercars or you do run sprint races without them there's going to be a bunch of compromise is it possible? Sure, it's possible. Will it happen? Absolutely no idea. And I think that is dictated on when we ultimately go back to car racing. But the fact Supercar owns the event, they promote the event, they've got control over what happens that weekend. If they wanted to go, yeah, we're going to run Supercar race on Saturday, then that is absolutely something that could happen. But of course, it's all pie in the sky stuff at the moment until we, we know when we actually go back racing. I think the one of the things that the, the is the crews are, and teams are getting ready for is a very very short or shortened truncated uh, season. Um, most teams are shut down. Uh, obviously, there is some teams doing a lot of work in the in the COVID nineteen thing, which we'll talk about a bit later. But most teams where they can have put have, you know put their people on holidays or, or done what they, they need to do. So when they come back, um, you are going to. There's no question, as Rich said, we're going to find a very very fast calendar rolling out. 
there may be so, they've, they've said they want to put 14 events on the ground they've got one under their belt um, so whether they can do the 14 events I don't know but there's obviously some logistical and some transport problems the other problem is guys though, that if we do have a couple of back-to-backs unlike NASCAR we just don't have this great supply of spare cars um, you know NASCAR has one transporter going to one track with some cars while they're racing at another track and, and 25 cars back in the, in the workshop uh, you know, our teams if they have a if they total a car one weekend at, uh, at say, Winton and a week later they're, they're on their way to the bend, um, it's going to put some real pressure on the team's logistics and, and stocks to, to turn these things around. But uh, no doubt they're, they're keen to do it. Um, and I think we will get a championship of some sort. Um, and, you know, we look forward to it. I think, I think you're right, Rich. I think that sort of mid-August um, timing looks pretty good. You know, we're in the lap of the gods, of course, but that seems to be the consensus. So if that happens, um, I think we're in for a very, very exciting, uh, you know, last last five, six months of the year. There's no doubt about that. Dale, you've probably got a little bit more of an insight into this than myself and Richard having been involved inside teams in the past. The, the financial pressure, we hear it from the NRL and we hear it from the AFL about how much this uh, off-season is going to hurt them financially. How much is this going to hurt the back pocket of uh, supercar teams? Well, there's a couple of areas where obviously income is generated from. Uh, one is, is, is the split of, from their recs and uh, how that will be uh, administered now with, with reduced potentially reduced TV is one thing. I think the other thing, there's two other areas, Tony, that one is clearly sponsorship and, and spon- some sponsorship contracts will, will dictate that the car is on track for X amount of um, races, uh, events per year. And if that's not the case, it may be a dwindling uh, return. The other area where the, the team, a lot of the teams uh, are really generating good income from is merchandise. So uh, in a lot of cases, there's a damn lot of merchandise sitting in, in, in the back of uh, trucks, in the back of workshops at the moment that's not going anywhere. Uh, so revenue will be down. There's, there's no doubt about it. Uh, I, I can't see that a team, that, that, that it, whether they're at the front of the grid or the midfield, uh, you know, are going to be able to, to, to um, claim the, the type of revenues they, they expected on their budget sheets. Uh, you know, a team. A good example would be Charlie Shercolt's team um, in, in Adelaide. I saw an extraordinary amount of Irwin and the Dewalt merchandise walk around. So Charlie must have been pretty chuffed because putting that two-car team on the ground and the, you know the team was visible. There's no question about it, and uh, it comes to a grinding halt. So his revenue stream for merchandise is, is to- now totally relied on whether he can pick it up again in that area later in the year. So definitely from from the distribution of TV. Uh, from sponsorship sponsors saying that, look, you know, you're not delivering what we did, we'll, we'll pay you a portion thereof. And merch, some teams are going to be really hurting. There's, um, we should point out though that there's a difference here between, and we're talking about supercars specifically, and we should make that point clear because mm. the remainder of the sport in Australia is very, very different to supercars in how it's funded and how it's paid for and how it's put on. So, the other categories don't rely on a massive TV deal. They don't promote their own events for the most part. Um, they're part of a program and it's it's generally, for the most part, user pays. So it's a very different system. Supercars is a different model in that it's much more commercial. But the, the difference between what we've seen with supercars in this break and what we're seeing with the AFL and the NRL and the A-League in particular. And I saw the Australian Rugby Union today has just had a massive slash and burn as well. And they're probably in more strife than the first settlers given what they've been through lately. But um, the supercars is in a different position because unlike the, the ball sports in Australia, they don't rely or they don't, the, the, the income isn't, um, centralised and then distributed. So there's there's a hundred or two hundred million dollars worth of AFL distributions that go out a year to the clubs. Supercars distribute some money to the license holders, but it's not the be all and end all of their operating budget. Especially now, back in the day, 10, 15 years ago, when racing entitlement contracts were actually worth something, it was. But they're only getting a couple hundred grand, if not a little bit more, a year now on these licenses. So it's not the be all and end all. Whereas the 25 million bucks the AFL pumps into the Gold Coast Suns a year is a huge portion of their budget. So their financial situation becomes more perilous when that money either stops or there's a chance of it stopping. So the teams being independent entities compared to an AFL club, I think are probably in a slightly better better situation. And supercars would be 
in a similar position. I think part of the fact that their season is spread out over it's essentially 10 months now, if not more. Um, whereas the AFL is condensed between March and September. The NRL is exactly the same. So naturally supercars revenue is split broader across the year. So they can have probably afford to cop a couple of really quiet months knowing that at the back end of the season, they've still got some to come. Whereas at the end of September, the AFL's revenue stream dries up because they're not getting 200,000 people around going to games. They're not getting any TV ratings. So I think, I think supercars is in a very different position to the headline sports in this part of the world and, and what's been reported in the news media here. You do bring up a good point. The other thing, of course, Rich, is, is I, I just finished that time. The other thing, Richard, is, of course, is, is you're right, is that when an AFL club hosts a home game, and let's say, for instance, it's a, it's a big one at Adelaide Oval or the MSDG, mm. uh, they take the major portion of the gate. Well, it can be up to a, it can be up to a million bucks a game, Dale. That's so, right. It can be. It absolutely yeah. can be. So they're they're in one foul swoop is something that that, that our sport doesn't rely on. You bring up a good point, though, Richard, in regards to the other categories. And a lot of those categories, of course, racing cars are funded by businessmen who just like to go out and have a race. One feels it with the current economic situation in and around Australia and around the world. That could be slashed a fair bit in the inco- yeah. in the upcoming months. Yeah, there's there's no doubt there's going to be some challenges and some consolidation of the sport because of this. And and the optics of if you're a company director and you race a GT car on the weekend for fun, I think I said this last week, if you've just laid off 100 people because you can't afford to pay them, it's not going to be a great look if you then go and run your race car on the weekend. So, And we saw that back in the, the GFC in the late 2000s. It was a similar situation. The sport had a... A period of contracting um, a lot of categories in Australia are in pretty decent shape health-wise so they can probably weather that um, some probably aren't some are, are perilous and on the edge at the moment of, of being in real strife and, and and supercars internally have have got that problem with super 2 which is battled to put together a field this year even before this this drama so the sport's definitely not immune to it there, there will be some contraction there'll be some series that have been mooted that won't get off the ground that'll be stillborn um, there'll be some series that, that fall over, I've got no doubt. Um, but in the end, that's that, that could be the kind of consolidation that the sport actually needs to become healthier and a little bit more frugal moving forward. Yeah, no doubt about it. be interesting times ahead for sure. Dale, E-Series, is it something that's uh, grabbing your attention? Yeah, it is, Tony. I, I must say that the... And, and, yeah, I've listened to Scotty uh, talk about it before the... The one thing that I'm really impressed with is that uh, that that supercars have got their 24 drivers in their cars committed to this series. If you go and watch the F1 or the IndyCar one, which Scotty competed in, or even the NASCAR one, um, probably the NASCAR one's a bad example, but the bit, certainly the IndyCar and the F1, it's not really the field. Um, and I think that ta- that's taken a bit of shine off it. Well, that's good fun. I think the difference with the supercars, these series that's coming, is that it is an absolute fair dinkum field, um, and there's going to be some good fun. So I, I think the supercars have, have trumped it. I think they've done an awesome job in, in, in basically, you know, I don't know whether they instructed, contracted, or, or beat over the head the, uh, the the whole field to be involved. But clearly, the guys want to be involved, and uh, I think it's it, it's going to be great. The beauty thing is, of course, is that we're going to go to some tracks that. Uh, these cars have never run on before around Phillip Island and Monza. So it's not a bad opening thing. So the IndyCar thing was, 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 was really good. The NASCAR thing too, I think, was a bit of fun, um, particularly when we see our old mate, the plumber from America, commentating on it. Um, the F1, I think, left me a bit, a little bit cold um, because it just didn't have, you know, the, the key players in it. And, and no matter what you want, you do want to see the key names battling this thing out. So... Uh, I think Supercar's got the recipe right. Uh, it's going to rate well. And the good thing, I, I, having just spoken about uh, some of the contractual arrangements, is that all these sponsors are going to get a good run for about eight or ten weeks when there's no yeah. racing with their cars in full livery on TV. So, you know, well, it's, 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 a, it's a win for everybody, I think. It's not just there's no racing. There's no sport. There's literally <laughs> zero, zero live sport on Australian television right now. So yeah. this is going to be it. 
So it, it's a massive bonanza. Um, and for those unaware, Fox Sports will be carrying it. Uh, 10 Play will be carrying it on their app and on, online, which is terrific. It'll be on KO as well, and it'll be streamed through all of Supercar's social media platforms, and there's a couple of million people on those. So it, it's going to have excellent reach. There's yep. no doubt that they'll be the highest rated esports races in Australian history. They've got priors because they put on their Supercars E Series last year with the full production, um, full TV yep. coverage, yep. proper commentators, the full broadcast. So they've got priors with this. So that it was almost like they they were getting just a little bit pre prepared for for this circumstance. So they were in a good position to flick the switch and turn it on. We should mention as well, um, our friends over at ARG, the Australian Racing Group, are putting on their own series as well. Um, they're doing it slightly differently in that they're bringing a group of drivers from TCR Australia, from S5000, from Touring Car Masters, from V8 Touring Cars, um, and combining them all together. So their first round is Thursday night Australian time this week at, at Bathurst in TCR Cars. Um, Stephen Johnson and his son Jet are going to be running, and they're how good's that? They're running a, that yeah, running a livery of the XD Falcon Touring Car Masters car in esports on an Audi RS3 TCR car, which looks kind of obscure, but kind of cool. Uh, and I put money on the fact that Jet will beat the old man as well. Um, <laughs> so that's terrific, and and we're going to have a couple of really good esports options. Um, the TCR product will be on their uh, TCR Facebook page and website, which will be great. So. Yeah, look, the, the sport's doing good things and, and it's keeping people active. It's keeping people switched onto it. Um, and as Dale said, it's a platform that we can expose the sponsors in this game um, when other sports can't do that, which is terrific. So, you know, they're, they're playing old football games on Fox footy, but there are sponsors there that haven't backed the sport for 20 years. This is up-to-date, relevant, current liveries, current drivers and something meaningful to market when there's no real car racing going on. And we should mention for our international listeners too that uh, you can pick up the Supercars uh, E-Series on their Twitch channel, the Supercars Twitch channel, also on Supercars Facebook page and also the Supercars Teams pages will be running the uh, the feed of that as well. So plenty of opportunities for our international guests to get on board as well. And there is live sport being played around the world. Professional ice hockey is being played in Belarus. And to show how safe that ice hockey is in regards to the COVID-19 virus, the president of Belarus actually played a game with the boys uh, this morning. I was, I was watching the story on TV and he came off and said, I'd rather die standing up than, than uh, down on my knees. And he said, the only good things you need in life to keep you going from this disease is you need good vodka and health. <laughs> right, eh? uh, that's I, uh, that's the prime minister I or president comment, I want. I can't comment yeah. on the state of professional ice hockey in Belarus, but uh, well, there you go. You see, these are the things you learn when there's nothing else going on. It's like all the American sports media getting on to Aussie rules football with that one round yeah. we played this year. So, well, there you go. Fun fact. Exactly. And right. of course, uh, if you still want to have a punt, there seems to be a lot of horse racing oh. going around. Which again, how does this happen? I don't, I don't quite know how that escapes the whole, the whole gamut of this. It's weird. It's obviously, uh, it's what it does prove is that horse racing definitely is for commercial purposes only and nothing else and yeah, uh, yeah I think there's yeah. no doubt about that anyway that's another story hey guys we've seen some fantastic stories speaking of stories coming out of garages right around Australia with our supercar teams and also internationally as well with the uh, Mercedes AMG uh, team bringing out their uh, CPAP machines over there but we've got Triple Eight over here making portable ventilators we've got the guys at Erebus making the uh boxes to put over patients' heads so the disease doesn't spread as well as masks. We've got Team Cool Drive, Tim Blanchard, offering his uh, network of stores and trucks right around Australia to deliver the product to uh, all the medical centres. It's just fantastic teamwork, and it's what we have come to know with motorsport for a long time. Yeah, it's terrific, isn't it? And you can't help but feel a bit of pride in your industry when you see things like this. And Erebus were first on it. They were very quick to, to jump into it. And, and what they're doing is outstanding. But typical Triple Eight fashion, they've just dived all in and have invented from the ground up their own homemade um, assisted breathing machine, which is just extraordinary. And the, the other thing about it is, is that they've made it open source. So 
uh, anyone around the world can grab these plans. They can add to it. They can put some input in to improve it, or they can just take the plans and build them themselves. Um, and when you've got geniuses like Mark Dutton and JJ and Couchian, the amazing smart people at um, at uh, T8, the, the engineers, it's proof why these are some of the best racing teams in the country, but also in anywhere around the world. And you just feel so proud about the efforts that they're doing. Uh, another project, and we'll hear from its founder a little bit later on in the show, I was lucky enough to catch up with him before, um, is a, a program called Race Against COVID-19 that's been launched by Renato Liberto, who's a friend of the show and a well-known driver and operator here. He's got a couple of 12-hour starts to his name and runs the World Time Attack event at Sydney Motorsport Park, amongst other things. Um, he's been working with government agencies in the ADF, Australian Defence Force, to form a coordinated response um, with a website, raceagainstcovid19.com.au, where teams and OEMs and industry people in this game can put their details in and go, we can do this, we can we can 3D print, we can fabricate, we can make plastics, oh, we can do all this stuff, can put those details in. And then when the need arises, so if someone goes, gee, we need some ventilators and we need them made quick, this program can then link the government agencies and the health service in with um, the race teams and the organisations and the OEMs that can support them. So it's a terrific cause. And uh, once again, the sport has um, banded together to support it. And we'll hear more about it from Ren a little bit later on in the show. Yeah, and Tony, just as we came to air tonight, I've also found that, that Ford Australia are involved as well uh, with just uh, with another project which has been announced late this afternoon. So I don't have all the details on it, but I know Ford are actually involved as well. So the whole industry is uh, to be congratulated. It's, it's a great initiative. Yeah, it certainly is. Congratulations to everyone who's doing their little bit, not just here, but right around the world and uh, really proud of everything that's coming out of this. And there's no doubt, gentlemen, that the world is going to be a different place in the next four to six months. But from what we're hearing, some of the stories we're hearing, is every opportunity the world could be a better place than what it actually is now? Oh, that's pretty deep and meaningful stuff to bring up on a podcast about motor racing, Shebex. Jeez. Um, makes you feel proud. Look, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, look, yes. You'd like to think so, that the, um, the greater cause of humanity can come out of this smelling like roses. I'm not sure they will, but... Um, Certainly some parts of the world are going to battle harder than others. But uh, if this can bring people together, even if it's just in our little corner and, and help people out, um, then that would be great. And um, that, that could be a good outcome. Gee, that's, that's deep, Shebex. Yeah. I'm not sure I'm ready Sorry. for that. Well, I've been uh, in isolation so long enough to, uh, to process <laughs> that kind of deep and meaningful stuff. So, Tony, I'm guessing what, you, what you're getting at here is that Scott McLaughlin wins the Indy 500 on debut. Uh, motorsport becomes the biggest spectator sport in Australia uh, yeah. and the Demons finally win a grand final so I'm with you I think there will be change what's well, that meatloaf song a couple of those things could happen yeah, two out of three ain't bad though yeah because <laughs> the Demons as sure as anything are not going to win a game of football this year I reckon uh, well they definitely won't win by before the start of June I can tell you that no no definitely not winless through I, winter I must admit guys that it was it was refreshing opening the, the paper on the Monday morning and seeing that we'd gone up one spot from last year it was it, it very encouraging <laughs> well we're we're three weeks into the footy season and there's been no coaches sacked yet so no, that's a good point yeah it must be a must be a bloody good season it's amazing <laughs> Hey guys, we're uh, we as we go to air with our podcast, the first episode of uh, the Erebus story has gone to air. What are we expecting from that over the next uh, few weeks as it as it happens? Are we expecting to be shocked by anything? Are we expected to be laughing with the characters? What what? How, yeah. how are you going to take this? Yeah, a bit of everything. I would have thought it's it's a great initiative and. Um, full credit to the team at Supercars and the project headed up by Andrew Jansen and the team there. Um, really, really cool thing and a great insight into the team. You've got to remember, last year was the most politically charged year probably mm. in Supercars history. So you're going to get that from an independent team fighting to be relevant, fighting to be competitive, fighting to take it up to the big teams and fighting a brand battle against the dominant four Mustangs in a perceived or real or otherwise um, performance imbalance between the makes of cars. So that's exciting. And, and to get that from an insight at a team that's traditionally been pretty unfiltered anyway, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this series plays out. 
Yeah, Tony, I reckon that the answer to that question is that, it, that we probably won't be surprised because we are very fortunate in what we do to see some yeah, of these true. teams very close. I think the people who don't do that will be very surprised. That's a fair but I, but yeah. I, Barry Ryan, new Gunter Steiner. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm with you. Yes, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, that's a good one. And oh, that is we mean that, Barry, and we know, we know he's a friend of the show. Uh, we mean that with all the love in the world, mate. <laughs> um, uh, Gunter is now a global celebrity because of Drive to Survive on Netflix, and I think this could do the same. It could do the same for Baz, I would have thought. I'll be actually... The only thing that Barry doesn't have, of course, is his phantom Twitter page, which we might be able to uh, <laughs> Not yet. create for him. <laughs> Not yet. I'd be actually interested to do to have a look at an episode of uh, Drive to Survive, an episode of Erebus, and count the amount of expletives from each of them to see which one can win. <laughs> well, mm, there was there was a few in Erebus last year, I reckon, oh, and I that's reckon even before we see the documentary. So, yeah, interesting. <laughs> I reckon that's they might have. Hey, boys, anything else we need to cover off on? Uh, very quickly, a couple of questions posed on our Facebook page. Uh, I yes. think we can have a, a very very quick look at. We posed a question. Uh, fire some stuff out and we'll uh, answer it for you. Uh, two-time Australian Drivers' Champion Simon Wills asks, what series in what era was the best there has been? Dale Rogers is probably very qualified to answer this because he's seen most of them. Oh, wacky races, perhaps? Um, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, for me, the... the if we're talking, are we talk global or Australian? I, I, for me, touring car racing in the late '60s and early '70s for me was was the golden era. I mean, the Beachy Jane, Gag, and Moffat era, I don't think has ever been bettered. Um, in in a global sense, I think the uh, the you know that that that's late '70s, early '80s era of Formula One, where ground effects arrived as well, was also a, a stellar era. So that'd be my two picks. Yeah, it's a good one, Dale. Uh, mine was pretty simple, though. Uh, Champ car cart between 1996 and 2001. Best open wheel racing there's ever been. And by that, as an open wheel fan, best uh, best racing there has ever been. Amazing cars, amazing drivers. Alex Zanardi, uh, incredible stuff and a broad, broad scope of racing circuits. Um, that, that era for me was uh, absolutely peak. And for me, the era that really got me into motor racing was the uh, mid-80s to mid-90s of Formula One, the Mansell, PK, Senna, that sort of era just enthralled me and uh, I was a massive Williams Honda fan and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that was probably the, the period for me that I, I, that I loved the most. So it just goes to show that no matter who you are, you will probably find that little niche in, in your motorsport history that just has really turned you on. And there's... there's yep three totally different answers and uh, great question from Wilsey. He's a great bloke. So, yeah, nice one. Uh, next question uh, comes from a Mark Walker. I don't know who that is. Mm, uh, in lockdown, that. you have to interview someone. Yeah, we didn't get a great reaction to questions. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, might try to be earlier next time, but so we, we fed a few in ourselves. Um, in, in lockdown, you have to interview someone in motorsport and write their autobiography. Who is it? Oh, you go. Easy down. one for me. Absolutely, he's one for me. Marcus Ambrose. Mm, okay. Yep. Shabaks. Uh, Jacques Villeneuve. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, I'd just like to know what it was like to spend time with Danny Minogue. <laughs> That's no, your no, soul. Tony, it's not a feature, a new idea. It's an autobiography. <laughs> I'm sure I could uh, get six chapters uh, out of that's that. That's extraordinary. Um, I was trying to rack my brains on this as to who uh, hasn't actually either written an autobiography or been biographed yet. Um, there's so many amazing racing stories out there, but I would like to tell the story of um, of racing people that that aren't as well known. Um, and it's a it's a known fact that uh, Tim Macro, Gold Star champion, is mm -hmm. a, a colleague of mine, and um, his dad, Pete, is one of the greats of Australian motorsport without anybody knowing it. The things he did in open wheel racing, uh, he drove for the Holden Dealer team at Bathurst and no one knows. Um, I'd love to tell those stories. So that would be where I would start. Actually, can I have my shot again? Uh, one that I, I'd like to do actually is John Todd and just talk to him about the, how much, how, what it's like to have so much power when he was with Ferrari, obviously had that power and now he obviously does with the FIA as well. 
just an amazing man and his, his longevity in the sport and that, that power that he's had in that time is just would be amazing to see what he thinks of that. I'm surprised he survived with Harry Vatten in so long. Yeah. 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 Yeah, okay. I like it. We had another question from XPT Driver on our Instagram at the Race Talk, um, but I think it was just talking about the health of, of supercars, and I think we uh, we covered off ninety percent of that and where it's where it's shaping up after the COVID nineteen dramas. So uh, I think we covered off most of what he was asking there. We'll do this better next time, and we might actually, when we know what guest we're going to have on, we'll actually get some questions posed to that guest. Might actually be a better. Uh, a better way of doing it. But anyway, thanks uh, well thanks done. to those who post some questions. We'll do it more. And what can we expect on the race talk this week, Richard? Uh, lots. We're actually got, Shebex, a bit of a special on the Minardi Formula oh. 1 team coming up on the racetalk.com. Uh, back at the Asian Le Mans series event at the Ben Motorsport Park in January, I had a chance to sit down to Giovanni Minardi, who is the son of Giancarlo, who ran the Minardi Formula 1 team. We had a wonderful chat about that race team, about being a privateer in Formula 1 and the low-budget operation and everything around it, what his dad's doing now and his career, which is fascinating in its own right. So we've got that story. A couple of really interesting little spin-offs from that as well. And you've actually penned a, a story about how you twice broke a world exclusive thanks to your friendship with Paul Stoddart. So yeah. we'll have that on theracetalk.com soon. And my life of being an international spy for one evening. Yeah. Mm, yep. Yes. Uh, certainly more Aust- certainly more Austin Powers than James Bond, Shebex, <laughs> yes. I would have thought. Without a doubt. Man of man of mystery, Tony Shebeki. <laughs> hey boys, always great to catch up. Thank you, Dale, for your time. Pleasure, Tony. Great to speak to you. And you too, Rich. See you soon, guys. Good on you, Richard. And mate, I'll uh, hand it over to you, Richard, and uh you can pick up with uh, your fantastic interview about uh what we're gonna do for COVID nineteen. Yeah, thanks, Tony. As we've already talked about in the show so far, some amazing responses to the COVID-19 pandemic and another one announced. Today, Tuesday, Australian time is called Race Against COVID-19 and we're joined on the line by the founder, notable driver of racing cars, Renato Liberto. G'day, Ren. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Krause. Thank you very much for having me. Hey, this is a, a really, I don't want to use the term exciting because we probably wish we weren't doing something like this at this time, but... It's an amazing thing that you've set up. Just give us the idea and the genesis of this race against COVID-19 campaign that you've established. Sure, mate. Well, I mean, I've been watching this since the start of the year, and you know, I guess like like every every listener probably you know jaw on the ground watching what's happening overseas, thinking this will never happen to Australia, this will never happen to us, and then you know all of a sudden it crept on the shores, and you know things escalated rapidly, and. And my business is in the automotive event space and, and literally the week of the Grand Prix, everything for 2020 got cancelled. You know, the, the business went to zero immediately and I sort of sat for a few days and thought, okay, what can I do that's quite productive here to actually try and make a difference? Um, and I thought with the network I've got and my understanding of the industry and also as an engineer and ability to make things and create things, I thought, okay, there's probably something I can do here around building capacity to help and set about it. So, uh, you know, I contacted some health professionals and some advisors to the government and so on regarding what can be done. And the and the best thing we can really do at the moment is create capacity, build capacity around, you know, manufacturing, transportation, all the things we need to really respond to this, this, this pandemic we're facing. Um, what was the genesis from you? I understand your, your wife is involved in the, the health industry and it stemmed from chats with her as well exactly right yeah so she's a phd in epidemiology and i guess that's a word that most people a few weeks ago probably hadn't heard much of epidemiology or mm. epidemiologists and they're basically like a you know like a data engineer a race team would have in some ways you know their, their job is to look at a whole host of numbers and statistics from around the world and, and i guess domestically as well and try and understand some patterns and trends that are happening, you know, whether it's influenza or, in this case, COVID-19. Um, and certainly talk, talking to her and, and, I guess, being able to very quickly and readily connect with, you know, key decision makers and policy makers around this has helped me understand the gravity of, of, of what we're potentially facing here. And, uh, yeah, I just couldn't sort of sit back and, you know, I, I couldn't sit back and join a, a virtual sim racing series or something. I had to be more hands-on and, and more involved in, in trying to do something with the industry. So tell us about how it works. There's a website, raceagainstcovid19.com.au, and the idea is that 
race teams, OEMs, engineers, independent people with some skills or some resource can register and then you're linking them as required with the health system, yeah? That's exactly right, mate, yeah. And, um, I mean, already, so today, 4 o'clock today, we sort of went out with this in terms of, you know, announcing it officially. Um, I've already had over 19,000 hits on the website, wow. which is just amazing. Uh, over 100 people of, or, or businesses and people, it's about 50-50 at the moment, individuals and businesses. Right. Over 100 have, re have already registered across six states in Australia. And I've already, this evening, just before this uh, this call, I've already linked up uh, two requirements with suppliers already to try and get the ball rolling on things. So um, the, the concept is as simple as you said. It's a very, very basic website. All we're trying to do is capture people that want to help and how they can help, whether it's manufacturing, you know, rapid prototyping. You know, 3D printing has been a big buzz around this because it allows people to, you know, design functional parts very quickly to see if they're going to work. And then if they do, we look at ways of scaling up that production. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's been amazing to see the breadth of what we've had. You know, a lot of race teams have guys who can drive trucks and trucks and big warehouses and workshops. And that's a big thing as well, you know, in terms of building production lines to potentially produce thousands of a product in a very short amount of time means a lot of people, a lot of space requirements, but also you've got to move it around the country. It's interesting. We had Scott McLaughlin on the show earlier and he was talking about with us the fact that motorsport is unique in that when racing car drivers go sim racing, go esports racing, it's very much the same skills that they're using in the racing car and you can relate to that having raced cars all your life as Absolutely. well. Whereas a football player isn't going to go and play AFL Max on the PlayStation and it's not anywhere like playing footy in the real world. But the other thing that motorsport has an advantage of is that we've got this incredible engineering base. It's an engineering sport that we can draw on. And, and already this week before Race Against COVID-19 was announced, we've seen two major supercar teams announcing their own programs already about how they're going to try and support this. So I feel like motor racing, I'm not sure if you agree, motor racing's in a really special position to go above and beyond what other sports perhaps can do whether they want to or not but we're in a position where we've got resource and the talent and the skill set to do it that, that's exactly right Krause. and that was part of the, the you know the, the sort of mindset of me setting this up is we have these amazing people um you know we have these amazing problem solvers be it engineers or, or parts of race teams every every year a race teams looking at a rule book and trying to figure out a way to make their car go faster or better or more efficient or whatever it may be and what we're facing with this crisis in in watching what the rest of the world's doing to respond with this is a an amazing open source network out there you know over a hundred thousand people on a facebook group at the moment that i'm involved with um which is providing designs for like what erebus have done and triple eight have done with their products that open source system is, is fantastic because it's engineers thinking outside the box. You know, we're not trying to make a race car go faster here, but we are trying to solve a problem. And part of that part of that problem is, you know, uh, making some of the may not have been done before, but the other part of it is making it cheaply, making it with locally available pro products, so a, you know, a strong supply chain, and also making it very very quickly. And, and that's the most important thing that we can do. And that's what race teams, you know, do. They they respond and work very quickly. They can rebuild an entire race car in a matter of hours in a race weekend. Um, you know, they have the ability to think think laterally and, and, and think quickly. And there's a, a positive side effect to this as well in that motorsport's not immune from the fact that a lot of businesses in this part of the world and all around the world are, are literally shutting down. They're stopping business while we're in this enforced period of lockdown this will have the side effect of keeping people employed, keeping people open, keeping people operating. Exactly right, man. And, that, and that, that's a big part of it as well. You know, I know personally know hundreds of people that are affected just in the industry that I work in in the automotive events. And then if you broaden that to, you know, the motorsport events, let's, you know, a supercars round or a state level race series or a national level race series, there's a huge amount of people that, you know, that gain employment from, uh, you know, from from semi-professional, professional, even amateur-level motorsport taking place. And, and this is a way of re-engaging those people. You know, a lot of people are not spending money on their race cars, so these workshops have definitely, you know, taken a hit and, and have slowed. Um, but what's been really amazing in seeing the stats that I've been seeing today on registrations and, and also personally knowing a lot of these people and businesses, 
even though they may not be making any money at the moment, they've all put their hand up to say, we can help. And it's just fantastic to see that people are, you know, have that really you know, amazing attitude to, to, to make a difference and, and offer their support. Uh, mate, it's an amazing thing. We really appreciate you bringing us up to speed on it. And I, I think it's going to be outrageously successful and more importantly, beneficial for the many thousands of people that are going to be afflicted by this um, pandemic over the coming weeks and months. Um, just give us the, the cliff notes on how people can get involved, the website, the socials, and uh, what the process is from here. Sure, Krause. If, if, if any listener out there knows themselves or someone they know that has a business or a skill set that might be applicable, send them to raceagainstcovid19.com.au. There's a very simple registration form to collect their contact details as well as what their capabilities are, whether it's manufacturing, welding, printing, plastics, whatever it might be. We've got a whole bunch of tick boxes to check there. Very, very straightforward form. It takes about 30 seconds to fill out. And then as we start getting requests and requirements for production of materials or design or whatever it may be, we will start pushing out to that database to those people that have selected certain criteria there. We'll start pushing those um, those requests out to them and try and connect, you know, our industry uh, with the requirement, whether it be from, you know, government health or, or military uh, to support this. Also, socials in terms of Instagram and Facebook is at race against COVID-19. Uh, very simple for both of them. Um, ideally, you know, the, the concept of getting this online and on social media is to spread the word. And I think the numbers of, you know, having 19,000 people uh, hit the website today just speaks volumes for how important using uh, social media is in a time of crisis like this to get the message out far and wide. Mate, it's outstanding. We love it. Uh, we'll support it. Please keep us up to date with uh, with progress. We love the fact that so many people have got on board already and we'll be tracking it very, very closely as it uh, as it progresses. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Crowley. Appreciate it. Cheers, mate. That website again, raceagainstcovid19.com.au. There's Renato Liberto joining us on the grid.